Anyone who just says that they're data analysts is not a data analyst. Hi there, this is Cindy Tonkin. I'm the Consultants Consultant. I work with data science teams, helping them work even smarter, faster, and nicer. If you're brilliant and you want to be even better, this is the podcast for you. Hi, this is Cindy Tonkin. You're listening to Smarter Data People. Today's guest, Shailendra Kumar. Uh, and his big thing is, what's the problem? What's the problem we're trying to solve here? He's the author of Making Money Out of Data. You won't necessarily agree with everything he says, and it will think, make you think, which is, that's almost as good, right? Enjoy. Shailendra Kumar. Shailendra Kumar. Yeah. Kumar. So and you can call Shale. me. Yeah, people can call me Shailendra. Yeah. You really more Shailendra is more your thing? No, no, no. Shail is fine. Okay. So, so even when I do presentations, yeah. I start with Shailendra Kumar, yeah. which finishes there in the first slide, and that's the end of it. Yeah. And then even if I tell stories, those stories are Shaili. Okay. Uh, because it's easy for people to remember. It's yeah. a punchier thing and stays forever. Mm-hmm. And my parents called me Shaili, so it's not it's some, okay. it's not something that I'm. Shailendra is a lovely sounding name. It is. It is. So um, yeah. Um, and Shailendra has written a book. What's the book called? I'm making money out of data. And what does it? What is it? What's its thesis? So, um, so book, uh, how it came about is important. So I was, um, I've been doing this analytics and people call it data science now. People yeah. change names. Yeah. I, I used to say that. I rose by any other name. Um, <laughs> I, I used to say analytics is the most, sorry for my language, bastardized you can say fuck on this podcast. No. I, have, I have given it a rating. We can say whatever the fuck we like. <laughs> no, so. the most bastardized term because anyone who read an Excel spreadsheet yeah. um, was doing analytics. Yeah. And I had a problem with that. So, and that came about by the fact that I was between jobs and um, I was going to people and saying, I do analytics and so did everyone. Yeah. So I thought, let me clarify that. Yeah. And to clarify that... Um, I wanted to document it. And I had done some really, um, really unique kind of work in the past. So I thought, let me document it. So 10 years from now, when someone will say, oh, that's interesting, I would say, well, I did that 10 years ago, it's documented. So I wrote the book. Uh, book is called Making Money Out of Data, available on Amazon. That's my advertising. <laughs> I'll make a link, I'll make a link. <laughs> no, no, even if you don't, that's my advertising, and it stops it. So, Book is book is not an analytics book. Right. It's a business book. Yes. And this is how I put it. Because um, if you're looking for any technicalities, as one of my bosses who actually reviewed the book said, there's no technical technicality in it. Well, and there isn't. The it, it is no. It's not about that. It's about the fact that business uh, analytics is a business um, business process or business function, yes. Yes. and. People think it is an IT function, and I just wanted to turn that around. It's and that's a strategic function. It's say. a strategic function, and it's a uh, and so the book is a business book. Mm-hmm. It's got how people actually land up using data to make money, right. and so how does it all start? Because one thing also I realized is when um, consulting companies or software vendors when they go in and 
respond to an RFP, I say that there is no, nothing, there is no such RFP which delivers an analytics project. There is nothing like that. I used to write the RFPs myself because you need to first create the needs that why do you need something like analytics in, the, in your organization? And that need then drives what you're trying to achieve. So people do not think about the outcomes. They start thinking about, oh, give me data and I'll do something with it. Or, um, you know, I want to see what you've got. Unless I see the data, I can't tell you what I can do with it. Well, hang on a minute. Uh, what problem are you trying to solve? Uh, and no one thinks about the problem. And that is the problem. And so... So, that, so if the problem starts from the data, then you're going to... No, problem starts, no problem starts from the outcome you're trying to achieve. It's the other way around. Just flip it all together. So, so the book also talks about what should you talk about first? What you should even discuss with people when you go in, into, an, in, into an organization and start talking about things. Uh, and I would what say, is it? What should you discuss? What's the first question you should what, ask? What is the business problem you're trying to solve? If you don't know the business problem you're trying to solve, the chances are you'll be doing everything and after six months you'll say it doesn't work. Mm. What doesn't work? What are we trying to do? Mm. So business problem is the first thing. If you, uh, Well, I'll step back. There are two things you could do. One is try and solve a business problem. And I've also seen people who've come and say, I don't have a business problem, which is <laughs> rare. But Great. That's, that's a good business problem there. Uh, that's, that's a good good place to be for the organizations as well because they think they don't have a business problem. Uh, or, in other words, they can't articulate a business problem yeah. that could be solved by data, in other words. Uh, and that's where pattern recognition comes into play. And, and, and I'm just getting technical for a minute. That's why but, pattern recognition uh, doesn't sound too technical. Uh, uh, well, it is very technical depending upon how you actually look at it. Uh, but... Pattern recognition is where you have a machine actually tell you what's hidden behind within the data. As yeah. one of my clients actually turned around uh, in, in Asia told me, so I've got this um, data and I want the machine to tell me what's going on, what's wrong. <laughs> and, and, and he was right. That's what yeah. pattern recognition comes, comes into play. Yeah. Um, and there are tools to actually do that. But coming back to the problem, Problem statement is the most important thing. And I ask people to write on the wall, on the whiteboard, a problem statement or a business problem in plain English. Uh -huh. Don't think data. Yeah. Just don't talk about data. Tell me what is the business problem. How long does it take you to get people to articulate a statement? That well, sometimes 15 minutes. Yeah. And sometimes, well, we take a couple of hours, a couple yeah. of days. Yeah. Depends on, you know, what they think. So that's, that's the first question. What is the business problem you're trying to solve? The second question is very important as well. And that's the question that comes afterwards. The moment they define the problem, they say, so if I was to solve that problem, how much are you going to pay for it? How much are you willing to pay for it? How much will it give you more? Now, the question is, what's your return on investment ultimately? Isn't well, well, that's a difference. That's a thought behind it. Mm. But people say, well, why do you talk money at this stage? I talk money about at that stage because... I want them to prioritize that problem. I want them to say that if that problem, if they say, well, this problem is worth, say, $25,000, I would say, don't bother. Yeah, yeah. Why are you spending all that money and, and energy to actually solve something that's not worth anything to you? Mm. But if you turn around and say, well, I, I can, if that problem could be solved, I can spend two, three million dollars. We're talking. Yeah. And that way is people prioritize their thoughts and they turn around that they want to do it or not and that's where analytics comes into play 
people, I've, I've been into discussions in the last few months where people have asked me, um, oh, uh, how do you drive a business case? How do you write a business case? And how do you quantify? I, I, I'd say to people, define the outcome, qualify and quantify. The qualification question is, how important it is for you mm-hmm. and quantify what is the return investment as mm-hmm. you said and what is the value that you're going to drive out of it mm-hmm. and if you can't and, and someone I think on this I was on the stage and someone walked past me and said actually it's so difficult to quantify I said no it's not mm-hmm. everything has a dollar value attached to it and if you start putting that dollar value you will actually figure out how important that is mm-hmm. and that is how it's going to drive your your, your business context and, and, and that's how it's been um, so far so coming back to the book sorry we just no, that's right. no that's fine I, I, see, I see the, the through line is there. <laughs> um, the, there there are five different stories in the book uh, and there are five different industries right. it, it talks about it talks about um, banking financial services has got two components of it credit card and uh, insurance it's got telco it's got CPG and it's got retail because I spent eight years nice. in retail so so it, it covers all of that. Uh, before, um, I used to hear from people that analytics is nothing but customer analytics, you know. Right. Uh, most of the people say, well, oh yeah, I do churn and I do cross-sell, upsell, and that's all about it. Mm-hmm. But the book has all the flavors from marketing analytics to risk to um, customer to, um, you know, human resources. So you've got all the components mm-hmm. working around it. And so that's how the book panned out. And... It became a bestseller in two weeks. It's nice. No, no, no. Congratulations. Thank and you. how long has it been now? Now it's been uh, one year. Um, okay, so I, uh, it so was still relatively new. Relatively new. It was published on 31st of May 2017. Nice. And so, yeah. Nice, good work. It's, um, it's always interesting to me that... Uh, Part of what a book needs to do is give me a why to I want to learn it as mm-hmm. well as how to. Mm-hmm. It sounds like you've combined those yes, two. Yes, so, so there is a how at the end. Yes. When I, uh, when I talk to people about the book, I talk about the uh, how, why to actually even do that. But then there, there's a section in the end where I've actually done the how. Right. How right why? from... Um, how to run a project to how to structure the organization as yes. well because that's also very important uh, as I said yes. most of the time people think that it's an IT function yes. and so where should it fit and and also I got a bit cheeky talking about <laughs> difference between a CDO and a CEO because right. I think there's a lot of education that needs to be done there yeah. um, and um, you know I had an argument with a with a very large um, survey company, everyone knows them, uh, starts with G, yeah. uh, and because um, they did a survey and they figured out that the, um, the importance of CDO, yeah. Chief Data Officer, yeah. and I said, well, that's, I, I would challenge that because um, because this is what a CDA, CDO does, this is what a CAO does. Uh, and they said, but a CDO is expected to do what a, what you're calling a CAO to do. Yeah. I said, but that's incorrect. That's The problem is that you're ex- expecting too much from a CDO. Yeah. A CDO is an IT person and CEO is a business person. Yes. And they do, CDO won't understand what a CEO can do mm. because it's a different skill set and different um, different approach to how you mm. solve problems. And and so, so it talks about that as well. Mm. So... so um Talk to me about you. What are you, what are you doing now? You're doing a lot of uh, keynote speaking. Mm-hmm. You around the world. Uh, Asia. Mostly Asia. Mostly Asia. Yeah. 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 
Tra- and traveling from Sydney. Yeah, traveling Sydney, which is very interesting. Um, I do uh, a lot of travel to India, Japan, Tokyo, um, Seoul, China, Greater China. Well, yeah, I'm virtually living on a plane. Is there a, is there a constant question people ask when you do those when you do your speaking? Are there constant questions from people about data? Um, well, uh, questions. Not necessarily, but I see a kind of a, uh, what do you say, a kind of a theme that goes around. So you have your own pattern recognition software in your head. <laughs> yeah. And the pattern recognition software says. It says that uh, people mix AI, analytics, uh-huh. data science, uh, machine learning. In fact, I'll tell you, uh-huh. I met this gentleman in Taiwan, it's one of the largest banks can't name them, uh, but I walked in, the CIO shook hands, and the first thing he told me was that he doesn't believe in AI. Right. And the meeting was over. So okay. I flew all the way from Sydney, <gasps> landed, and he shook hands and said, well, I don't believe in AI. And, bye. Uh, thank you, bye. And I said, me too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't believe either. Yeah. But the problem is, and when I, when I look at it, the problem is that people have been throwing these terms like AI, machine learning, without understanding what it actually does, yes. what it is. Okay. So um, if you look at it, um, and I told him, well, you would have not said that if you would, if you were taken on a journey and instead of throwing mm. buzzwords like AI mm. and machine learning on it. It's a journey from- You started asking what his business problem was. And, and from there on, t- taking him on a journey from predictive to machine to AI, I think that would have made sense. Yes. So I sat with him. I think that meeting, which actually finished in first five minutes. Oh, you actually got to meet with him? Well, no, no, no. That was the meeting. So I flew in. Uh, yeah, that was it. So I just shook hands and he said, I don't believe in AI. And then uh, it was a, a quick response from my mind and said, I'm me too. And let's have a chat. And, and that's where the meeting started. Yeah. So he gave us one hour initially, yeah. but we spoke for two and a half hours because, right. uh, because I but actually... Into the, I into him. I took him onto that journey, yes. which people don't. But that's the same thing. You, you know, I, I go to India and I, people tell me, this was funny. I met someone who said he's written an AI algorithm. I said, what is that? I haven't heard of that. So he said, well, no, no, no. We write AI algorithms and I've built a company around it. I said, hang on a minute. What is an AI algorithm? And the moment you ask that question, people fumble. Because I, I've also realized that people, uh, are, people who are actually, of course, salespeople and they do throw these buzzwords, yeah. but they don't know what's underpinning that. Yes. And when you start discussing, well, you know what? Uh, that's not AI. There's nothing called AI algorithm. This is what it is. And they say, well, no, 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 but this is what... Because they've built... Their beliefs, belief system actually believes yeah. that there is something called AI algorithm that they're going to write and they're going to uh, do a different... Do something for the world, but 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 that's that's a common theme yeah. across Asia, where people uh, take and mistake analytics with machine learning, with AI, and you know they would just take that and would talk to talk to the world about it. So so that is something that needs to be mm. yeah yeah that's that, something that needs to be kind of yeah, yeah. So, corrected in the yeah so so life. I spend a lot of time uh, clarifying that for people mm-hmm. even on stage. I would actually write some of the slides like differentiating between predictive to machine to uh, artificial because 
it's like one same thing for people mm-hmm. and they use terms yeah as and and that's uh that's not good if they're in strategy, if they're in the chief executive's office, if they are the chief executive. But it's worse if they're actually dating people. No, no, no. That's not good because, and I'll tell you why. Yeah. Well, it's good to use those terminologies. The problem is when these guys go and talk to a guy who knows something. Yeah. They look like fools. And they will be out of the room in 15 minutes. Yeah. Or possibly not even 15, five minutes. I would, yeah. I've had five minute meetings. So it's important for people to use the right terminology. So people think, or people who they're talking to think that they know what they're talking about. That's the first thing. Secondly, um, it's because when you don't have the right terminology, you actually mistake it so much that you will start uh, talking about things or delivering things which are not that. Mm -hmm. And in in turn, you will not get that return because Mm -hmm. you're doing something very basic to call it AI or to call it machine or even predictive mm-hmm. and then suddenly you know the organization says that that doesn't do anything mm-hmm. I've, I've met people who are not qualified to be an analytics person and are now becoming calling themselves machine learn, machine learning executives and the problem is that they will do that and then suddenly um, the organization will say because there'll be no return on investment because they, they've they have um, sold themselves to the organization as they are one of the the um, person on planet to actually solve the um, world problems mm-hmm. and, and suddenly when nothing works out in six eight months organization doesn't blame the individual organization or this execs they blame the function itself they will turn around and say well oh yeah machine learning is a fad it doesn't analytics work. is a fad it doesn't work we've tried it it doesn't work so it is very important for us to actually make sure that we get the right person doing the right job because if that doesn't happen, then it's the function. Uh, that function doesn't deliver. So how do you choose the right person? What's a good analyst? What are the skills you look for? Okay, so, so that's very interesting because, uh, you know, if you go to LinkedIn and type Australia mm-hmm. data science, yeah. you'll find 250,000 people. Yes, I know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, put the context right, right? Population of Australia, 23 million, mm-hmm. 250,000 people do data science, 1% of the population. Yeah. Huge. That seems huge, doesn't it? That means we should be the data science capital of the world. Yeah. But the reality is that these guys are people, sorry, yeah. who are hearing it's that. It's the bad data scientists, right? Uh, <laughs> no, I think they're only, uh, if I would count, once upon a time I did, this was five, six years ago, uh, possibly 10 years ago, I could actually count people who could do, who did analytics. In those days, analytics was the word, right? So anyone who read Excel, who wrote SQL was an analytics person. But I could count, there were eight analytics people in Australia who actually did analytics. Right. And I counted me as well. So it was like eight. They They were historical documents now. Yeah, only eight, (laughs) eight in those days. And now, if you look at it, possibly some people have grown up. So... There must be, what, 20, 25, mm-hmm. maybe 100 in Australia, yeah. but 250,000 is... Is an exaggeration. Is, uh, well, well, what happened was that, and, and, and I won't blame people, um, and we would, sorry, I'll go back to that discussion because um, what also happened, I had that same discussion in India last week, we yeah. were talking about the same question, same problem. Uh, what happened, uh, what happened was that people realized the data science is the new buzzword and it's giving them good 
pay packages. Yes. yes. So someone who was writing SQL has now become a data scientist. Yes. Um, someone who was um, possibly doing a visualization um, created a Tableau visual or a, um, or a click visual mm-hmm. is also calling them a data scientist. Yes. They're not. So what makes a good data okay. scientist? Your, who are uh, those eight people? Those so so the people? fundamental to data science mm-hmm. is stats. Right. If you do not have an understanding of statistics, mm-hmm. you, first of all, you don't understand data science. That's not data science. Yeah. Right? That's the most important aspect of data science. Second aspect is problem solving. If you can't solve problems, business problems, you're not a data scientist. You need to be able to solve business problems. These are the two most fundamental requirements of a data scientist. Now, 95% of the people do not know stats because I I, I was saying, making that statement in, 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 in India last week. I said, well, you know what happened um, in those school days when you were in ninth and 10th, when, mm-hmm. when actually stats came into existence for all of us, mm-hmm. it was year nine or year 10. Mm-hmm. Um, and 10 was, in India, 10 was the board in those days. And when you ask people, uh, did you do the stats chapter? Mm-hmm. And they would say, ah, I left it. Yeah. Because it would be an option anyways, five mark option, yeah. and I'll leave that question. Yeah. I'm very confident about the rest. I'm not going to game the system, so I'm not going to do stats. Um, it's too hard. So they actually left the same chapter, yeah. and now they want to become data scientists, which is, the, so, yeah. so think about this, people who actually left that chapter, didn't want to do it, now actually want to do a, run a, build a career around yeah. the same chapter which they actually left. Yes. So, so it's I, funny, is it the decisions you make when you're 16, 17? No, it's so not about that. It's because uh, had they done that in that day correct. and age, it wouldn't be that a problem. We, yes. we, sh- we wouldn't have th- that big problem with data science as it is. Because people actually, th- people thought that they could leave it. And, and that's true. Yes. If you don't want to become a data scientist, that's the right thing yes. to do. Yes. Well, that's fine. But if you want to be data scientists, and so people ask me, I've met a lot of people who turn around and say, well, I want to be a data scientist. What do I do? I said, go back, pick up the uh, start chapter, first read that and then come back to me and no one will show up. And I'm telling you, people don't show up. They don't come back. I've asked this question to a couple of people, three, four people actually, because... Yeah, data science, I'm going to change my job and I'm going to start a new career. It's a new thing. Uh, it's a new thing. So what do I do, Shelley? I said, well, you know what you do? Pick up that book and start reading the chapter and come back to me and then I'll help you. Yeah. No one shows up. Yeah. No one comes back. It's so it's too hard because there are easier ways of doing it because you can do visualization and still call yourself a data scientist. Yes. So, so, so there's a difference between the term data science and actually doing data, data science. science yeah. That's of any worth. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so tell me about, about you, what productivity hacks, what people hacks have you got that help you work smarter, faster, nicer? See, the most important of those, and I've done that for the last 20 years, 23 years now, um, I've worked with all kinds of people. Um, people who are PhDs, who are really smart, uh-huh. they, well, my wife used to say, People who are very creative, and analytics is a very creative uh, field, Mm -hmm. people who are creative have mood swings. And that is why, and she pointed that out a long time ago, that is why 
lots of people who are creative um, cannot keep up to their relationships. Mm-hmm. Which is... Interesting. How do you mean? Means uh, they, they've got... They get married a few times. Mm-hmm. They, they don't stick to one person because they're very moody. Right. So, as I said, analytics is a creative field. Mm-hmm. So are your, your workforce. Mm-hmm. People who are working with you are also very moody. Mm-hmm. So you need to work with them as a team, as a family. Mm-hmm. So you need to behave with them the way you behave with your eight-year-old or nine-year-old. Mm-hmm. You need to pamper them. You need to bring them to the fold. And if you, if you can do that, because the, the other fact is that if you run a model, mm-hmm. it may take five hours to come back. Mm-hmm. It may take 10 hours to come back. Mm-hmm. You need to have someone there that when it comes back, you are, you, you've got enough time to actually run it again because if it didn't give you that kind of accuracy yeah. levels, yeah. then you have to run, make some tweaks and run it again. But if you've gone home at that time, you've actually lost the whole night yes. because you could start. So if you started at nine o'clock, it finishes at possibly seven o'clock in the evening. And if you're not there at seven o'clock, mm-hmm. you come back and you've actually lost the whole night. So, so if you don't have those guys thinking that this is their own work and they, they feel for it, and they're, invested in it. they're invested in it, they won't stay there. Mm-hmm. So you need to make sure that you treat them as a family. Right. And you treat them as if they're building something for themselves. It's their baby. They're invested, as you said. Mm-hmm. They're invested in it for more than just doing the job. Mm-hmm. So how do you do that? How do you treat someone like their family? What's uh, well, in your uh, this is this is this is the trick. Isn't this it? is the trick. Yeah, yeah. This is how you. Well, to be honest, I tell you, um, I people I've worked with. Um, I have been very personal in the sense that I would know what the children are doing, I would know what their family is, mm-hmm. what's going on in their family. It's not that I'm their boss. It's not that you know I'm their manager, in other words, or I'm their leader, whatever you call it, manager, in other words. I am their elder brother. Mm-hmm. I am doing, I'm making them do stuff because they're part of my family. Right. And they're doing it for me, not for me, but for themselves, yeah. because they're part of the wider family. And if you don't have that connection with them, the chances are they'll not work. Mm. And that's very important. And that is a big miss in the industry. People say, well, oh yeah, you're doing your job, do it and get lost. You know, you can't do that with analytics because you want people to be invested in it. Mm. And investment, emotional investment will only come if you treat them as a family. Nice, excellent. So, what about you? How do you how do you be more productive during the day? What are the things that you do to keep yourself fresh? Um, how do you renew your knowledge? How do you renew your vitality? Um, good question. The problem is, he says, rubbing his eyes like he's still like, uh, No, I don't know. It's <laughs> like it's like living a yet another day because, see, um, as I said, and this is a creative field. Yeah. And what makes me tick every day is to find a new problem mm-hmm. and try and solve that problem. Now, that may not be a corporate problem all the time. Yeah. That may be a social problem. Yeah. That may be... A, and even if it is a corporate problem, think about different industries. You, I walk to a store to buy something and I try and optimize 
that experience mm-hmm. in my mind. Ah. What all data points can you get? Where can you get it from? Um, what could you do? What are the optimization hacks here? Um, that excites you. Yeah, yeah. That makes you think, oh, this is what they are not doing. Mm-hmm. They should have done. Yeah. Right. So uh, an experience of getting a product delivered to you, uh, an experience of making a phone call to a call center yes. and they're telling you twice, uh, it happened last week, they called me and I was solving their problem on the phone and I said, well, hang on a minute, how can you do that? In the same conversation, the call center exec said to me that I'm sending you, um, uh, your, uh, we'll send someone to fix your line on 3rd of October mm-hmm. and your voice will be ready by 2nd of October. Yes. Uh, how is that possible? You just told me that someone will come on 3rd, mm-hmm. but your voice will be ready on 2nd. How is that possible, by the way? so. You're not thinking when you're talking. Yes, well, exactly. who's got that data points? Who's, who's actually looking at it? And then they landed up sending me um, two things, which was quite expensive to them. Uh, and one after the other before I before they fixed everything. Okay. So it's like... I think we've all had that telecommunication experience. <laughs> so, so, so these are things, and then you think, well, should I document it? Should, it's so simple. Yeah. If I had... There's not even analytics required. There's just a simple alert system required that my system is on. Please don't send that. Do you find yourself having to hold back sometimes and go, I can't solve, I won't solve this business problem for you. I just want you to fix it. No. No? You actually have all that patience? All the patience in the world? Well, no, I don't have the patience. The moment I pick up the phone and start talking, I say, well, I'll tell you the solution. Here is the solution. Yes. So my modem is not... Do they listen? No, they don't, because it's a call center, right? Yeah. They've got a script. Yeah. Uh, sir, I'm so sorry, sir, but yeah. here's the answer. Well, I've told you the solution. No, that's the solution. Said, well, that's wrong, because you'll come back and tell me this is the yeah. solution. And then they, they're like, I'm sorry. In their brain, they're going... I am not authorized to understand the system. No, I, I, I authorized to follow the script. I, 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 yeah, that, that's true as well. Yeah. Uh, and and some people don't understand. That's a different story. Uh, totally. Um, so how do you keep yourself up to date professionally? What do you do? Um, I don't read. You don't read. Yeah. Okay. So that's, and, that's and what you don't do. So what do you do? do? No, no, no. And then I'll say that uh, the, 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 there is right. a thing behind it. I don't read because. I said analytics, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I'm a 24-7 analytics person. Mm-hmm. I sleep, eat, drink, yeah. analytics. When you right? go by milk, you're doing analytics in your head. Yeah, yeah there's something going on, right? <laughs> the moment, as I said, analytics is a creative field. And the moment you read something, your thinking actually gets... Tunneled? T- tunneled or it's, it, it gets, it gets um, driven by that thought in that right. book. Yes. And so you're now, your, your whole thought is now, or your whole experience is now driven by someone else's thought. Yes. I don't, don't want that. Uh-huh. So, so I don't read first. Um, what makes me get new ideas is the art of possibility. Mm-hmm. What you can do. In your mind, you start doing different experiments and say, if I did that, what will happen? Mm-hmm. If I did that, what would happen? What would be the consequences and so forth? You see, you start trying that in your mind without getting influenced. The right word actually helps. Because you get influenced by... Yes, by thoughts. By thoughts. Yes. By people's thoughts. Yes. And I don't do that. Okay. Because I don't want to get carried away and take someone else's idea... Uh, maybe I'll come up with the same idea, that's fine. But two different people, two different ideas, and that's how the world 
of analytics actually should be because it's a creative field. It's mm-hmm. it's people say it's about data. I said, well, it's less about data. It's about how you can actually solve a problem mm-hmm. creatively. So, so you basically you get inspired by the experiences that you have yeah. in the world. That's basically your professional development. Um, do you? Um, I mean, obviously, you spend a lot of time at conferences because you're actually speaking at conferences. Are there um, are there other ways that you learn new stuff? No. No, that's it. That's it's dreaming. <laughs> <laughs> dreaming. Dreaming. Oh, dreaming. I was like, dreaming. I mentioned in the video. Oh, I can't dream. Yeah, dream. I can't, yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's about dreaming what is possible. Yeah, nice. Because if you can't dream, mm-hmm. um, it won't happen. What about stuff like fitness? How do you keep yourself well and happy? I walk a lot. You walk a lot? I walk a lot. Do you have a machine that counts? Your yeah, steps? yeah, that's been there for a while. So, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I don't want to name, um, but yeah, I've been. I've been counting my steps. Mm-hmm. I tend to do ten thousand steps almost every day, yeah. which is, which I which is an arbitrary number that someone yeah, shows, but and, and that's, yeah. everyone goes for that. Um, yeah, it's usually eight between eight and twelve mm-hmm. um, thousand of steps. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's that keeps me bit fit. I'm not mm-hmm. I'm not actually fit yes, by yes, all yes. means, but yeah, that keeps me fit. Lovely. Uh, so we're talking about. Smarter. Is there any any other hacks you have for working smarter, for learning quicker, for um, getting into people's heads more fast? Think outside of the box. Think outside of the box. Yeah, analytics is thinking outside of the box because, and I explain that to people a lot, and it's in the book as well. You know, um, and I'll get into that conversation again, but. Um, when people say um, analytics, they think, you know, it's an IT function. And again, I'm coming back to that point, yeah. possibly you want to move this uh, back somewhere. You can say whatever you want to say. So, see, IT works in, the first thing in an IT project is, what is it? Yeah. Tell me, what is the first, first step of an IT project? I would hope it would be what business problem you're trying to solve. No, the first step is define the business requirement. It's a business requirement document. Oh, okay, lovely. That's the first step. Analytics does not have a business requirement document. Really? There's no business requirement document. There's a business problem, business Uh problem you're trying to solve, Uh but there is no business requirement document in that structure. Uh Because, as I say, I always say, if you keep on doing what you're doing, you will keep on getting what you're getting. Absolutely. Right? So, imagine there is a business requirement that you've defined, and then someone will say, these are the data points that you would want to get. And then someone will, and you know, I learned this this word from one of the IT guys who said, you need to get the plumbing right. Mm-hmm. And if the plumbing is right, everything is fine. So when you've defined the variables, you've defined the plumbing in between, you've defined the formulas, you'll get a report at the end of it. And as long as the data is flowing correctly, the variables are working fine, your reports will be all right. But what you've done is, you've been doing this and you're getting this. As long as you're doing this, you'll be getting this, right? right? So it's like, but analytics is actually finding out what is the interaction between variables. So you need to break the pipe. 
So once you've set the variables and then you break the pipe and see what is the interaction between variables, what is the um, what, what is the correlation between variables, and then I may think of writing a report. Right. So if you don't break that, and so it cannot be an IT thing because you need to be creative. You need to you need to think outside of the box. If you don't think outside of the box, you will be getting what you've been getting. Yeah. And so there is no return on investment. Yeah. Because if you just define something, you're getting that. Exactly. Um, so one of the questions I do ask people is what um, what's their favourite charity? Do you have a favourite charity or a favourite set of charities? Um, Ronald McDonald's. Ronald McDonald's. Ronald McDonald's. Sorry. Oh, Ronald McDonald's. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the McDonald's one. Yeah. Okay. That's what. Uh, that's most handy. You see them every day, and every time you walk past, you. Do something or the other. Mm-hmm. Um, that's one uh, world vision. Um, yeah, I've been doing that for now. God knows how many years. Um, <laughs> sponsored a child. Yes. Um, and my wife made me sponsor another one last year. So mm-hmm. now we've got two children. <laughs> um, we don't one in Africa and one in Australia. I think. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. Excellent. So yeah. So what happened was that we were. Um, uh, it was 2007, mm-hmm. One of, and, and if she's hearing this um, podcast, she would know, um, there, was a, there was a girl who went on maternity leave, mm-hmm. and we were looking for a person to replace her for a year, mm-hmm. because she was going for um, mm-hmm. six months beforehand and six months afterwards, and uh, we wanted someone to fill that role. Um, I interviewed, I ended up interviewing around about 250 people. And she came back from maternity leave. We still didn't. <laughs> we didn't. Wow. Because that is how difficult to find a good data analyst. And having said that, and I'll, I'll mention this, um, when I started building practice for my previous company, who named them, um, I actually in a year interviewed around about 250, 270 people. Wow. Um, for that year. HR came to me and said, this is not fair. You're just interviewing people and, um, you know, you're not hiring. Mm-hmm. Um, so I turned around and said, well, I want the right person, mm-hmm. not a person to fill the job mm-hmm. because I'll take them to clients. And if, yeah. you know, I'm not able to sell them, then there's no point. Um, so when I made that comment, well, I was, uh, they gave me, a, uh, what do you say? We used to have points, um, what, what are these points where you can, um, the employee points, right? So, so we had um, around about um, uh, 270 interviews and then I sat down with them and said, well, you know what, anyone who just says that their data analyst is not a data analyst, mm-hmm. so you need to think about who you're bringing in the first place. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I don't, my, my first reaction to any CV is mm-hmm. that I failed you, prove me wrong. Right. This is how yeah, yeah. any hypothesis, so we we test the null hypothesis, right? And then we fail it, right? Mm-hmm. That's how it is. So you're walking into the room and I'm looking at your face and I'm saying, you're not in, mm-hmm. prove, prove me wrong. Mm-hmm. So you have now one hour to prove me wrong that I should, I'm thinking I'm not hiring you. You're thinking you'll be hired, so please prove me wrong. Mm. And if you can prove me wrong, you're the best what person. What kind of evidence do you want? 
Uh, well, you will see that. So, so, um, so that's the structure of uh, an individual. Well, no, no, no. Even that's the structure of an individual as well. You need to be creative. You need to be good at playing with data. You should understand um, what to look for in the data. You should be good with your stats. And you should be very good at presenting. Right. Because if you can't communicate what you found out, that whatever you found out is good for nothing. Correct. It's, as one of my PhD said, Shelley, a very good model is a very good model if it's not executed mm -hmm. in my drawer. Yes. And I can have many of those yes. if it is not executed. Yes. So that's, that's an important thing. And, and so you need to come in and prove me that you can do all of that. You yes. can actually be creative. You can understand data. You, you understand the statistical aspect of it. And you can explain and you can explain it. If you can't do any of the three, four, sorry. Nice. That's what working. Cool. Nice and coded. Thank you very much. This is Cindy Tonkin. I'm the consultant's consultant, and you've been listening to Smarter Data People. This is part of what I do to understand how it is that data scientists can be more effective in the workplace, smarter, faster and nicer. And if you have a team and you're finding them harder to manage than they could be, if you're constantly trying to squeeze more out of your budget and out of their time, and if you've got stakeholders or they've got stakeholders who are less than happy sometimes, maybe a lot more than sometimes, it can be really annoying and it can make you feel incompetent. I can help you help them get to the important problems faster, target the wasted time and save you time and money, and ultimately delight stakeholders so that you can feel competent again. It's such a good feeling. Talk to me.